The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, I have much more to tell you, but you cannot bear it now. But when he comes, the spirit of truth, he will guide you to all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will speak what he hears and will declare to you the things that are coming. He will glorify me, because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. Everything that the Father has is mine. And for this reason I told you that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Gospel of the Lord. The scriptures tell us, and we know, that all of creation is a reflection of God. all beauty, all truth. In some way, reflects the infinite beauty and truth of God. And the higher the creation, and the more noble, the more it reflects that beauty and that truth. Until we come to humanity, man, created in the image and likeness of God with intellect and will, and we reflect it more perfectly than the rest of creation except for the angels. But even beyond that, there is a further reflection. Because in humanity, we see the greatest of all communities, the family. The family is the most beautiful of all natural communities. We have father, mother, child. And it would seem necessary for that natural trinity to be a reflection of an infinitely perfect trinity. Infinite love, infinite beauty, infinite truth. In fact, St. Augustine said, if you see love, you see the Trinity. It's a strange concept for us. If you see love, you see the Trinity. Not the love of this world, but real love. The love that we see in a family love that we really see between people, not the selfish, possessive love of our world, but real love. And yet that somehow doesn't seem very exciting, does it? Because the Trinity seems so distant. 
It's the greatest of all mysteries. The very life of God himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So great a mystery, we cannot begin to understand it. We can know the Trinity, love the Trinity, but we can't understand it. We become rather confused over it, don't we? For obvious reasons, once again. You and I know one another. We know what we are. One nature, one person. That we can grasp. Remember, nature tells us what something is. Person tells us who. What am I? Human. Who? Susie Smith, John Jones, whoever. One nature, one person. That's acceptable. But in God, we have one what and three who's. And what do we do with that? It's beyond our comprehension. And they're infinite, too. Infinite perfection, which we can't grasp. All we know is the infinite in the sense of the category of numbers or a straight line. You can always add one more. That's a potential infinity. But God's actually infinite. And we have that mystery. Three distinct persons. Not just three ways of looking at God, but three distinct persons. And we ask, how does this happen? How can we understand it? Remember, again, St. Augustine was trying to figure out the Trinity. Um, He wrote beautifully on the Trinity, and St. Thomas Aquinas even more so. He, He was walking along the seashore. And as he was walking along, he saw a little boy who dug a hole and had a shell. And he was taking the water from the sea and pouring it into the hole. And St. Augustine realized at that moment what was going on. So he said to the little boy, why are you doing that? He said, I intend to empty the entire sea into this hole. And St. Augustine realized that trying to understand the Trinity was like trying to empty the entire ocean into a little hole in the sand. You can't do it. But we can know something about the Trinity because there is love. God isn't just one person loving himself. We see this actually in the beginning of of the scriptures, in the book of Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But again, we see it in terms of one being inferior, and that's not the way it is at all. Perfectly equal, all fully God, again, the mystery increases. The more we learn about the Trinity, the greater the mystery becomes. For we have the Father. The Father has a thought, one thought, the Word. But that Word is a person, equal to the Father in dignity and divinity. That, too, is confusing. But the Father and the, and the Son have a love, And the love between the Father and the Son is the Holy Spirit. It's a distinct person, that love between them. So the being of God is one great act of infinite love from which he creates everything else. And we are little dim reflections of that love, hopefully. Uh, We are that reflection of the Trinity. And that's our goal. We were created for one thing and one thing only, for God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's strange to have a goal that's so mysterious, isn't it? I'd like to have a goal that's a little more tangible, more exciting. I believe in the Trinity, but it's hard to get excited about it. The saints didn't think so. Mystics didn't either. They thought this was just incredible. They could go into ecstasy, even leave the the ground in ecstasy and levitate over the mystery of the Trinity. Uh, This great act of love that we experience. Everything we do, we begin everything with the sign of the cross. 
we end with the sign of the cross, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's here that we experience that. At the end of the Eucharistic prayer, through him, with him, and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. And that's when we say, Amen. Yes, I believe that. But what does it mean? We must come closer to it. We have to know each one of those persons because each one of those persons is always active in preserving us in existence. Isn't that amazing? God creates, he maintains us in existence, and he is our goal. We will not find happiness in anything else except Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We may have little glimpses of it here. <clears throat> and I said, wherever there's real love, there's a glimpse of the Trinity. We need to grow closer to those three persons. You know, how should we make this exciting? Well, perhaps in this way, that in that Godhead, the second person, the Word, the Son, took flesh from a human virgin to suffer and die on a cross for us. That tells us of the love of God as nothing else does. Again, those words... If you want to know the Trinity and the love of the Trinity, look at the crucifix. That's how the Trinity chose to reveal love to us. You know, there was a, um, an English poet, some of you know him, I'm sure, better than I do, by the name of George Herbert. And he wrote rather strange poetry at times, I think. Um, not so strange that you get a headache over reading it, but still a little strange. Uh, there are poets like that, like Gerard Manley Hopkins, I know I'm supposed to just go crazy over him, but I often have a terrible time reading his poetry because it's so out there somewhere. Um, but what George Herbert, he wrote a poem called Trinity Sunday. And in it, <coughs> basically describing his relationship to the Trinity <coughs> and how it fits into his life. Um, I don't think I remember all of it, but um, it's not all that long. <coughs> he said, Lord, who has made me out of mud and has redeemed me by thy blood and sanctified me to do good? Purge all my sins done heretofore, for I confess my heavy score and I will strive to sin no more. Enrich my heart, mouth, hands in me with faith, with hope, with charity, that I may run, rise, rest with thee. Bottom line is, if we, we, aren't running towards the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we really have no reason to move at all.